Welcome into the State News Sports Podcast. I'm Stephen Ochansky alongside Casey Harrison. As always, this Tuesday edition of the State News Sports Podcast. And it's it's Thanksgiving. It's holiday It's festive. Week. Are it you is- guys ready for the holiday season? Because it's finally here. Yep. We're, um, Casey's been itching to finally play his Christmas music in the office. And I've been I've been telling him I will not listen to a single word of any, any Christmas music until it hits November uh, was 26th, I think. Is the day after um, 25th, 26th? Yeah, yeah, 25th is the day after Thanksgiving, and that's the first time I'm going to listen to it. Let's make it clear here. We're we're not going to listen to an ounce of it If you're listening to Christmas music right now, you need to stop it. Oh, yeah. You need to put it on hold. Just wait a little bit. Don't be so eager, and just wait through Thanksgiving. I mean, spend some time with your family, your loved ones. Yeah. And then, don't forget about that holiday. It's one of the most. It's one of my favorite holidays. All exactly. I do is eat food and watch football. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why people want to overlook that one. I don't understand because back home there's this radio station that starts playing Christmas music on November first. Oh yeah, I know it's god awful. Like, I remember one year they played it before Halloween. Yeah, and I mean <laughs> by then you're car. so oversaturated with it. I. It's just way too early to play oh, yeah. Christmas music. And we've got a loaded show for you today. We've got a lot to talk about. A little good controversial things happened at Michigan State and Ohio State. We'll talk about the two-point conversion play call, and if you liked it or didn't, we'll also talk about the clock error against Michigan State, or not against Michigan State, in Michigan State basketball's game with Florida Gulf Coast University. We'll talk about the rob, the blind robbery of uh, Florida Gulf Coast on that one. Um, we'll get into that one as well, and then we'll talk about MSU's favorite rival, Penn State, and they play for the ugliest trophy I know in how sports. you feel about that oh, one. Oh, yeah, you do. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that Um yeah, as, as the show goes along, so let's like you know, let's just get let's get right into it now, uh, Casey. You know, I'm, I'm watching. Let's get into the main course. Oh, well, God. Oh, jeez, I gotta deal with you all day. It's Thanksgiving. Now, and, <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Um, but you know what? There's something I really want to carve through. And <laughs> did you start that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's something I really want to um, carve through here with Michigan State. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting up there in the press box with about four minutes to go, and Michigan State just scored at 17-16. And Mark D'Antonio decides, um, let's go for two here. Let's go for the win. You know, it's, it's going to be – he would put him up 18-17 with his defense, pretty much stopping JT Barrett and Ohio State. And then, you know, in, in that fourth quarter, and, you know, I'm thinking, it's the right play call in my mind. I'm thinking, hey, you're 3-7. and seven. Your team wasn't supposed to – your team at this point should have been like 7-3. and three. You're three and seven right now. You're playing the number two team in the country with a chance to put them on their heels and put them out of the playoff picture, put them pretty much out of Big Ten title contention. And you know you're lining up there and you decide, hey, I want to go. I want to go for two. I want to beat these guys. Um, you know because your defense had stopped them. This is the first time you got into the red zone all fourth quarter, or pretty much all second half. Um, so you're looking at it. You go, hey, I want. To go for two here, put Ohio State back on their heels, make them play for the, uh, make them play for the win, or play for the to go ahead. And I'm thinking, hey, this is the right, this is the right idea to go for two. I'm thinking, you know, like I just said, you know, you want to put them on your heels, and everything. I don't like how the play call developed. I don't think putting the ball in Tyler O'Connor's hands is probably the smartest idea down in the goal line, especially when L.J. Scott had run the ball multiple times on that play and then scored the touchdown. You know, I'm thinking, hey, put the ball in L.J. Scott's hands from three yards out, let him. Use his legs. I mean, the guy, the guy did it against Iowa. You know, in the Big Ten title game, had one. He fought through multiple blocks. You think he can't do it again? I, I think the right play call on that would have gone 
over there. And I know Casey doesn't uh, feel the same about that two-point play call. And uh, I know you want to pick a bone with that. Yeah, uh, I just don't think it was the right thing to do. I think you got to be conservative. you got to go for one because, hey, you, you. I mean, you raise a really good point. They might not get back to that. They might not get back to the red zone. They might not score again. But if you force overtime and Ohio State probably wins in overtime, but at least you can say you tried. I mean, at least you, you stuck with your cojones. And I don't know. I, I just feel like if you go for two and you miss, then you kind of make an ass out of yourself. And by doing that, I, I respect the play call. I respect going for two. But one is just the, the – it's so much safer. It's a much more reliable – thing because anything can happen once you you tie the game up mm-hmm. and i mean if they were in this position last year michigan state doesn't go for two i no, mean it, but it's very different positions I, I still think you should play like every game matters right. I, I don't think you should just be like oh well the season's a loss uh, we're just gonna go for two just because i think they did play that game how everything mattered I, I i don't think they go for two necessarily last year no and i think those are different conditions they're playing under but you, you look at it where they go, you know, there's four, there's about four minutes to go. And if you would have, you miss it, you still have a chance to go down the field and kick another, you know, Geiger game-winning field goal. There's no guarantee he makes it. So I, I understand going for the two and putting them on their heels for, you know, you put them, you put them on their heels and force them to have to make the plays. Yeah. You, you've already made your play to tie it up. I mean, it's a heck of a drive in, in a situation in a season that's pretty much over and you're playing the number two team in the country and, I I don't I don't see why you don't go for two. You want to go for the win. I think sometimes and you you have to be gutsy. I think and I think wrong play call, right decision. And let me let me clarify because I'm not saying that they didn't go out and play. Because hell, I mean that was a heck of a game. And if they played like that all season, then they probably are seven and three going into the game. Um, but yeah, if, if, especially if they play against Penn State with that kind of intensity, I think they leave Happy Valley with a win. I think they could win. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Anything else, Stephen? No, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I think it's the the right idea to go for it. I, I would have done it ten out, you know, nine times out of ten. And I think you run it with LJ Scott, I think he scores. Yeah, I just I, uh, don't think putting it in the O'Connor's hands is probably the best decision down there. And I mean, who knows? I mean, retrospect is always twenty twenty. So if they do convert, maybe I'm not even in the seat right now saying that right. it was the wrong decision. Right. I'd like to think that I would be like, oh, I still don't... I mean, it was a gutsy play, and it worked out for him. Right. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, no. exactly. And, um, you, you know, looking at... Um, but you know what else was some interesting decisions? And it's the NCAA uh, probably going to have to look at his rule book after Sunday, after Michigan State and Florida Gulf Coast played down to the wire with a little game clock error, and we'll get into that after the break. Welcome back, everybody, to a festive holiday edition of the State News Sports Podcast. Casey Harrison here taking you along on a Tuesday afternoon. And, Stephen, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you for covering for me on Tuesday. You're welcome. Um, not Tuesday, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. on Sunday. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I steal one of the better games that you'll probably better finish. You know what? You're, basketball. I don't think I can send you out to anything anymore because MSU soccer, they lost when I sent you out in the NCAA the tournament. Title game. Yeah. Football, I mean, just look at the train wreck they've had this season. Mm-hmm. Hockey last year. Yeah. And, I mean. <laughs> However, I am 5-0 and in basketball ba- games. So. I barely. I mean, they, they <laughs> squeaked by by the skin of their teeth. Right. And 
I'm going to let you take this through because uh, I, I had some work to do with the paper, uh, putting that together, and then after uh, the game started, I had to finish up some homework. Uh, so you went through the game. Uh, you saw everything. I know Aaron Harris had 31 points, mm-hmm. and uh, the game had a very controversial ending. You want to take us through that? Yeah. you know, I'm, I, Michigan State's playing you know, Florida Gulf Coast tough, and Tom Izzo had said this is probably one of the top five teams they'll play in their non-conference schedule just because of uh, Florida Gulf Coast is going to be a, a tournament team, and I just don't think he expected to go down the wire like that. You look at it, um, you know, on that controversial play, you know, um, Cassius Winston had missed um, his second free throw. Either he had missed both or just the second. And the ball bounces loose, and he goes and grabs it and ties it up for a, you know, possession, right? He's got the possession, and you know, he sits there, and he goes – or they this is the possession they go back to the line Miles Bridges sinks two, um, and then so you got um, you, you're gonna have the inbounds pass two point eight seconds to go, and Zach or not Zach Christian Terrell of Florida Gulf Coast sitting on the baseline ready to inbound the ball Miles Bridges guarding him tries to inbound it the first time swatted away and there's one point six seconds to go which drained about one point two seconds in real life didn't seem like it was that. Uh, but that long, in a sense. And so with 1.6 to go, Terrell, like, pump fakes against Bridges to jump and then throws his Bridges coming down. And it hits uh, on Travius Simmons' hands, but the clock had already started. And, you know, on an inbounds pass, the clock do not start until someone has touched the ball on the court. And by the time uh, Simmons had caught the ball on the right elbow of the paint, he goes up and throws it as the buzzer is sounding. And... It's probably a rush shot because he heard the buzzer. and But the Florida Gulf Coast, they come off the bench. They're all like, hands raised. They're going, what the hell? What the hell's going on? Uh, the clock had gone way too fast. And the refs acknowledged that it was a clock error. And, you know, looking at the replay, Simmons, has catch his, the ball is hitting his hands at zero. So the clock is sounding, and he just throws it up there, which probably rusts his shot. And it's kind of a crime. It's kind of a crime to Florida Gulf Coast that that buzzer goes off. And, and so the refs go to review. And they they go on the you know the hat the the side court monitor and they use a stopwatch to determine whether or not he would have got that ball off in time. And they determined it took 1.3 seconds. It took it took way shorter than 1.3 seconds, I think, in my mind. Like he he had probably got that off in like half a second. And so you you kind of wonder how that that happens, but obviously he missed, and it's probably a rush shot. And the NCAA early. You know, the consortium, they came over and um, they released a statement saying, yeah, there's a clock error, and it started by some official. People thought it was the clock operator. They thought there was a Spartan Bob 2.0 with a Michigan State official that started the clock way too soon. And it's kind of a, it's just a crime to, to Florida Gulf Coast that they the, the game ended like that and they couldn't have a do-over. Because the, the, the shot clock or the, the buzzer definitely influenced Simmons' shot. And so it, they never should have happened in the first place. I mean, obviously, yeah, clock errors suck because all three referees can start and stop the clock with a belt pack now. And then the fourth official is the timekeeper. And so he was able to, you know, he was able to start it. And they said it was one of the officials, so it wasn't the timekeeper. So, But everybody on Twitter blowing up at the timekeeper, I felt so bad for whoever that was because he got the hate wrongfully. Um, obviously, one of the officials, you know, kind of screwed um Florida Gulf Coast over, it's kind of a tragedy. I mean, the crap happens like that. You know, we if you're a Michigan State fan, you'd be on the other side irate. So, um, you, you kind of you feel bad for Florida Gulf Coast in the sense that, you know, they, would he have gotten a better chance to, to do something had, you know, the buzzer not gone off on his shot? Maybe he's able to set for a second, you know. 
But at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's kind of a crime that there's no do-over in the NCAA uh, in its infinite wisdom. Uh, really needs to uh, update his rule book and allow for a redo on a place like that. Yeah, um, and I mean, it's kind of funny that that's the narrative everybody's talking about leaving that game because going into St. John's and going into the Bahamas, they're going to be playing possibly a Louisville team, possibly mm-hmm. a Baylor team, yes. and they're going to need Aaron Harris. I yeah. mean, oh yeah, the, the dude scored 31 points. Can he replicate that going forward? And uh, that that's going to be a big thing to consider because he's going to be their big guard uh, to – score uh, him and Cassius Winston I mean those are going to be the guards that you look for to shoot because Tom Tom I mean he's he's a great player he's so lightning fast but he doesn't really have the shot yet and he I mean it's been evident through the first four games of the season um that he's not going to be a huge scoring threat I mean he he hit that one <laughs> monumental three that kind of hit some nuts and bolts is what it sounded like <laughs> yeah. against Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Aaron Harris is going to be a really key part of this offense moving forward. And I, I was looking at some of the stuff that Izzo was saying in his press conference and how he was saying that he's not afraid to hurt his own players now at practice because they were playing sissy basketball. It's not going to physically hurt. I, I mean, yeah, but I mean, hurt them through like straining themselves in practice. I mean, right. that oh, sounds this team like does not look as tough as it, as it used to back in the day. It there's, sounds like the wrath of Izzo. There's no, uh, you think like Adrian Payne and um, like Delvon Rowe and guys like that, and even you know Draymond Green, especially you know, physical guys who played physical defense. And Michigan State doesn't really have that right now. I think it hurts that Schilling's not there and. And Hurts Ben Carter is not there. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's just Nick Ward and, and Kenny Goins to fend for themselves back there pretty much. It, I mean, especially because, like, Ben Carter, he, he only would probably provide, what, five, six minutes a game? Yeah. But yeah, even yeah. so, I mean, those are five minutes that Gavin well, would be playing. Five minutes of a, a very experienced player. Yeah. Well. And so I think, you know. And, I mean, I think Nick Ward has done a pretty good job filling in at the big. Oh, yeah. No, he'll, I, I see him uh, eventually starting. Oh, yeah. Taking over for Goins at some point. Oh, his, yeah. His talents there, I mean, obviously college game is always different. We always say it on the show that college game is always different, and once you get acquainted with it, then it's pretty much, yeah, go full force from there. But um, when we come back, we'll give you a Michigan State's preview of their biggest rival, Penn State, in rivalry week. Yeah, this, this ain't no rivalry, folks, out there. So play for the ugliest trophy in sports, Land Grant. It sucks. We'll talk about it when we come back. Welcome back to the State News Sports Podcast. I'm Stephen Oshansky, and we've got a we've got a game for Michigan State this weekend. It's taking on their number one rival, Penn State, uh, in uh, what has a rivalry trophy. It's probably the ugliest trophy in sports. Uh, you know Mark a lot D'Antonio. about that, Stephen. You no, wrote a award winning column. I, I, I did. That's, Look out, everybody! I, Best in the MSU Jern department. I did write a column. Thank you, Jern School. Straight up trashing. Um, Straight up trashing this rivalry, as they like to call it. And um, I mean, have you seen their trophy? It, it looks like if you just went around the office, <laughs> bought a bunch of random miscellaneous objects, kind of just threw them together. As you know, both Michigan State and uh, Penn State are land grant institutions were the first two in the um, in in the country at the time, and so they call this the land grant trophy. This was started by George Perlis and uh, Joe Paterno. Um, 
auto rivalry just because they had to play each other in the final game of the week every year and um, they decided hey let's make something out of it and it's just an ugly rivalry because I don't get angry when I see Penn State fans so the only thing that angers me about Penn State is when their fans try to celebrate Paterno and his uh, uh, just wonderful spotless clean resume that you know he yeah, didn't know didn't that's that's know a job anything, I, it, but, uh, I mean I don't we'll, have we'll, any we'll animosity towards you know Penn State fans except for the fact that they put their football coach and their football program above the right. well-being of oh, many, yeah. many, many children. And if you look at it, um, or let's look at this at a pure football state. We'll avoid the uh, scandal in the um, obviously the the, the uh, just, you know the the, the non scandal at Penn State. You know there wasn't a big deal. It, oh yeah, it was. But anyway, um, you know I'm digressing there. But just going on a pure rivalry. If you if you really wanted to make this a rivalry game. Why is the trophy so ugly? <laughs> Come on. You think you can take this seriously? That um, I mean, it looks like it's heavier than you are. Oh, exactly. It looks like, you know, you're like a desk, a nice desk in someone's office, right? It's got the drawers on one side. On like a, the, leg, the leg of the desk is like a huge drawer, right? A huge bunch of drawers. It looks like someone ripped that right out of a desk. Took out all the drawers and put like a big slat in between them, right? And so you got like just one big giant brown box. And you went to the you went to one of the local bookstores on both campuses, bought a ten dollar figurine that's the size of my hand, and slapped them on there on different little shelving units. And then you put uh, you get a postcard, probably that's been frayed out since like nineteen whatever nineteen ninety. You slap one of those in there, and oh, it's got the it's got the little Beaumont Tower on it in the administration building at Penn State because you know, oh, you know, we needed to let's just it's like if you like your third grader put together a collage of football teams. It's like it's it's ugly. It's it's probably the worst thing I've ever seen in sports. I wrote I put that in my column. Like this is the rivalry. That's like rivalry trophies can make a rivalry in a sense. Like Michigan and, and Minnesota, like their rivalry is because of that little brown jug. Oh, or yeah. Michigan and Ohio State's a rivalry because they played every year and they played for Big Ten title games usually, or Big Ten titles. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. That's because they're in the same area. Penn State and Michigan State played each other just because it was the last week of the season and the Big Ten didn't know how to schedule. This isn't some rivalry game. This started in like the 1990s. Joe Paterno and Perlis were like, hey, let's make something out of this. And so they got the ugliest thing they could find. Even the brass platoon is prettier than that. And the brass platoon has a better story I, than the, the stupid land grant trophy that uh, I, could, I, could make, I could make one of those. And that's a, that's, a, that's a sad, that's very, very sad. Like if you could make your, if I physically could copy a, um, if I could physically copy a rivalry trophy in Woodshop, that's probably not a good thing, and that's one of the ugliest things I've ever ever seen. At least it's not as bad as the civil conflict between Connecticut and um, UCF. Ugh. But it, just look at Michigan State and Penn State. Like, there's no heated rivalry there. Mark D'Antonio touched on of his press conference that you know it was perilous and paternal that it kind of created this, and you know from a program standpoint, it's been a rivalry. But there's no like he doesn't look at this like it's Michigan. He doesn't look at this like it's Ohio State. They always used it. Hey, this is the last game of the season. We're either going to get to the title game, going to win a Big Ten title with a win here, or hey, we need this win to get to a bowl game or a better bowl game. So, like, if you look at this, this has never been a rivalry. Penn State fans don't hate Michigan State. Michigan State does not hate Penn State. There haven't even been good games in between them that have mattered for much of anything. This isn't Michigan State-Notre Dame where they had the game of the century. This isn't Michigan State-Notre Dame where they battled the crap out of each other in the 50s and the 60s. This is plain old, hey, I'm bored. You're my rival now. And that's pretty much what they that's it's like going to the bar and going, Hey, you're my date now. Like, yeah, this is dumb. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. 
Uh, sorry for ranting about about this ugly rivalry game. Um, sorry if you feel that it's a rivalry game, but Michigan State Penn State probably one of the worst uh, contrived rivalries in the sport. I'm uh, I'm looking at a bunch of these different pictures right now. Go ahead, just Google the Land Grant Trophy, and uh, you'll see different players on Penn State and Michigan State throughout the years carrying it, and. They don't even look happy carrying no, it. They don't. It almost looks like they're straining themselves because <laughs> like, the it's hell? so heavy. Yeah. It's not even. <laughs> Think about it this way. Um, you know RivalryTrophy.com? Yeah. It's a, you can get all the replicas of the Big Ten trophies. You can't get a replica of this one. So that should tell you something about how like their own site dedicated to Rivalry Trophies thinks about this game. Maybe it's, it's just not too hard to replicate. Oh, so ugly. God. Ugh. Anyway, we should probably talk about the actual football game they have to play. And uh, Michigan State has a, actually a legit shot, I think, to beat Penn State. And Penn State, uh, what is it, 12-point favorite in this one? Yeah. Uh, Penn State, you know, um, they have to win to go to the Big Ten title game. So they've obviously got, um, you know, they have obviously got a little bit extra motivation. Their guys are playing for something. Michigan State's players are not. Really, Michigan State players can leave it all on the field. The seniors, this is the last game in their careers they're ever going to play. This is the last time you'll see Riley Bola. This is the last time you'll see Josiah Price, Tyler O'Connor. This is the last time you're going to see them play. R.J. Shelton, is gonna, is, he's going to have his final catch on that game. So if you think about it, this is the last time you're going to see these guys play, and they, they really have nothing to lose at this point. No, they, no. Um, and I, I, I don't want to say working for spoiler was like motivating for them last week but if they go out and play Penn State like they did against Ohio State and go out like they did against Michigan they win that game oh yeah because I so. Penn State to a lesser extent isn't the team that U of M and even Ohio State is and I mean evidently it's been something all year that Michigan State likes to pick and choose when they want to play right very much so, so. if they pick that they want to win this game I think they can actually pull it off. Yeah, uh, they pull off the upset, and I'm sure the Buckeyes really want them to pull off that upset right. because so. that, that means Ohio State gets a one-way ticket essentially to the college football playoff. Right. And, uh, if I, they I, win the Big Ten. Yeah. I, I think the key to this game, though, is you got to establish a run game early. you got to get L.J. Scott to kind of replicate or have a similar game like he did against uh, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And Tyler O'Connor, he can't go and throw as many picks – as he did, um, just just <laughs> he has l- limit limit the turnovers. That's all you got to do. And then on the defensive side, I think they've done a pretty good job the last two weeks. Um, really, just kind of keep Saquon Barkley in check. I mean, he's an incredible running back. Um, could be a Heisman in a couple of years if if he decides to stay. And then Trace McSorley, uh, he's had decent year at throwing the ball. Um, just make sure that you know he. Uh, Keeps himself in check. I don't know what you're doing over there, Steven. Uh, no. Um, and as long as the offensive line actually, you know, holds up its its ground. Cody Keeler's done a pretty good job as of late, um, really taking control of the left side of the line. And it's, I mean, it's made a difference. I mean, you've seen that oh, yeah. people have actually been able to, you know, establish rhythm. Yeah. I think a lot of it helps with uh, Colt Chewins, and he'll be good. And Dan Tony talked about uh, Colt Chewins is um, – He's gonna have. He's gonna be a leader of this program. He's gonna add twenty more pounds. He said, and he's he's, add, he's already added weight going into the season. He said today's press conference that Cody Keeler probably eats more peanut butter sandwiches than anybody on the team. So uh, he'll be adding uh, another uh, you know twenty pounds in the off season. He's just gonna be good again. And um, you know, looking at it, I think Michigan State has a very good chance, like you said. And I I, I think they, I still don't think they pull it out just because I think Penn State's playing for a little bit more and. Um, 
you know, I, I can I see Michigan State winning? Yeah. But do I think Penn State ultimately takes care of it? Probably by a touchdown. So when we come back, we'll actually discuss who's going to win these weekend games with the picks. Welcome back, everybody, to the Thanksgiving edition of the State News Sports Podcast. And, you know, speaking of Thanksgiving, there's a college football game on Thanksgiving. A whole platter. And it's time for the picks, <laughs> and we're going to pick that game. 7.30 p.m. once you're done winding down after dinner. Number 16, LSU, 6-4, uh, and 4-3 four, four and in the SEC. Going to take on number 25, Texas A&M. They are 8-3 and 4-3 and four and three in the SEC. Uh LSU favored by five in that game. Steven, who do you got? Uh, give me LSU to rebound after losing to Florida in a heartbreaking fashion. I think uh, Florida was the better team, and we, we saw it, and I picked them. So um, wow, I, I think LSU, right there. you know, LSU, I think, um, will get the job done over a very uh, overrated Texas A&M team. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think LSU is the better team in this one. Uh, I, I think they slipped up a little bit against Florida. I'm, I'm not going to say that Florida is the better team. But uh, I got the uh, LSU Tigers in this one. So, game number two of the afternoon is the Iron Bowl, the much-coveted Iron Bowl. Uh, that would be number 15, Auburn, 8-3, uh, and 5-2 and two in the SEC, taking on Alabama, the number one team in the country, the consensus number one team in the country, 11-0, and 7-0 in the SEC. Alabama favored by a mere 17 and a half. Uh, give me uh, the Tide to win this one. Probably closer score, more like seven. Give me, uh, give me them by a touchdown. Give me the Tide uh, all over the Tigers in this one. I love the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is going to be the closest rivalry game of the week. Wow. Um, some shade. Yeah, that's besides the point. Uh, Auburn's going to play up to it, but uh, I'm going to roll Tide eventually. or I'm, I'm going to roll Tide ultimately because Alabama is the best team in the country. Game number three, and it's a close one, 7.30 p.m. Uh, you can catch it on Fox. Number 12, Utah, 8-3, 5-3 in the Pac-12, taking on number 10, Colorado, and they are 9-2 and 7-1 and in the Pac-12. Colorado, though, they got the line. Uh, they are 10.5 points favorite. Who you got, Steven? Uh, give me the uh, Colorado Buffaloes in this one. I think they are much better than the Utes. Um, yeah, you know, I, I look at those top ten or top fifteen rankings, and I just see Colorado just is much better than Utah, and I will I will take the Buffaloes in this one. I've always liked Utah as a team coming in this year, and uh, I'm going to stick to my guns. I th- I think the Utes have what it takes to pull off an upset, so I'm going to take them. Over to the Big Ten slate, we've got a, a good amount of rivalry games for you, including one everybody's favorite at the end. But we'll start with this one, the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe. Minnesota taking on number seven, Wisconsin. That one at Camp Randall, it's a 3.30 game over on the Big Ten Network. Everybody's favorite, the BTN. Casey, who you got? I've got Wisconsin in this one. Minnesota's a good team, and if they win, they kind of unveil a whole bunch of different chaotic situations that would result in the Big Ten West champion, um, and I don't want to see that. And so I'm just going to stick to my guns. Wisconsin's the better team. They should win by two touchdowns. And uh, I'm going to go Bucky Badger. Uh, since I like chaos and it won't affect my team this year, give me Minnesota to win this one uh, by a late squeaker. Just kind of upset Wisconsin. Give me Minnesota in this one. Game number two, it's the game. Everybody's favorite rivalry somehow. Uh, if you are 19 like me, you've seen uh, the Ohio State 
Buckeyes dominate this rivalry. 14 of the last 20 games. So if you really want to talk about close rivalry, I don't know about that one. Anyway, number three, Michigan at number two, Ohio State. That's a noon kickoff down at Ohio Stadium in Columbus. Casey, who you got? If you're at the game on Saturday, you probably heard that Ohio State fight song a few times, and you're going to hear it a few more because Ohio State's going to run up the scoreboard against Michigan. Uh, They're probably going to win, I'd say, by about 10. Michigan's kind of shown some cracks against MSU, against Indiana in the first half especially. Um, And I don't think they can compete with the number two team in the country. Uh, Give me the Buckeyes to win this one in a much closer game uh, than people expect. I think Ohio State would pull it out probably more like three instead of by a touchdown. So give me the Buckeyes over the Wolverines in this one. Everybody's favorite game is our third game of the week. Michigan State taking on Penn State. Down at the number eight Nittany Lions, down at Beaver Stadium, down in Happy Valley. That's a 3.30 kickoff. Casey, who you got? Well, Penn State's a really good team, and they're on the verge of the college football playoff. But I think Mark D'Antonio and the Spartans play spoiler in this one. I think they got what it takes to pull the upset, and I'm going to go with the Spartans in this one. They're going to pull off the upset. Uh, I don't share Casey's enthusiasm, so give me Penn State in this one. I think by about seven in this one, they'll they'll squeak out a touchdown. I just don't think Michigan State can do it. Uh, I think Penn State's... um, just, uh, just much a little bit better, and it, it, you'll see it on um, on Saturday. So, give me uh, the Nittany Lions in that one. So that'll wrap it up for our picks. But I, Casey, I think you've got, you got an extra a, game. You got an extra game, don't you? Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving Day. If you're from the Metro Detroit area, like Stephen and I are, you'll be getting the national game, the Detroit Football oh, Lions, baby, six and four, tied for first place in the NFC North. Will be taking on the other leader of the NFC North, the Minnesota. Ball Vikings, and that game is going to be a close one. Detroit only favored by two and a half. Steven, who do you got? Uh, as much as we rag on the NFL, the NFL games on Thanksgiving are a family tradition at my house, so uh, I'm going to be watching. Uh, I always enjoy watching the Lions on Thanksgiving, so um, give me the Lions in this one. I think by a touchdown, they'll, um, they'll squeak it out and send everybody home uh, ready to be fed uh, with a big win. The Lions... I'll, I'll make this clear. They're the luckiest team in the NFL right now. They're 6-4. and four. They're sitting on top of the NFC North. And I don't know why, but if you look at the statistical categories, they're in the bottom five teams in the league in many of those different categories. But with that being said, Minnesota's been a dumpster fire. I mean, they started the season off 5-0, and oh, and... <clears throat> In the, in the last five games, they're one and four. I mean, they're an absolute mess right now. And I don't like Jim Caldwell, but I like his chances of winning on Thanksgiving. I want to take the Leos in this one. All right. That sounds good to me. So uh, that'll, that'll do it for our show on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. We, On behalf of the State News, I'd like to wish you all a wonderful and happy and safe Thanksgiving. Casey, any final thoughts? Well, if you're uh, going to deep fry a turkey this week, just remember to do it outside. We don't want you to burn down your house because uh, that'll put a damper on anybody's holiday season. And really, I mean, just stay safe, everybody. Uh, don't talk politics because I, I know firsthand how that works in the end. It never really does. So just remember to love each other for who you really are. And it's family. So give thanks. We'll see everybody next week.